Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greedy, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on the ESPN app. If you'd like, click on watch. Look for hashtag Greeny and enjoy the program. I announced earlier because of popular demand, and that legitimately is what it was, we released an audiobook version of Got Your Number that was originally not clear we were going to do it, and then the book just went nuts when we released it, and now... Um, we have done an audio book, so Hembo and I have recorded it. He's got some pieces in it, and I did uh, the majority of it, and we've got the book ready. The audio book is up. It is out. It is available for sale today, and I have pinned a link on top of my Twitter page. If you go to at ESPN Greeny on Twitter, you will see a link. It is pinned to the top of that page, and you can order the audio book right now. I've got your number voiced by Hembo and by me. In the meantime, Bubba and Cam with us. And and before I get to my overall NBA takes, because that's where my head is right now as I shift from the draft over to you know going back into my seat in the middle of the NBA shows and get ready to take that to the finals. Um, right now, biggest picture, Bubba, what was your number one takeaway from the draft? Let me just get a quick take from my hashtag crew members. Number one thing you took out of the draft, Bubba, good, bad, or indifferent, what was the single biggest thing to you? Um, probably would be, unfortunately, how good of a job the Eagles did. And how how frustrating that was. Um, they really did. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't can't really disagree with how how good of a job that was. Um, so yeah, that was frustrating. And I would say the coolest moment was definitely the Cowboys drafting um, Deuce Vaughn with his dad as a, as a scout. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an awesome moment. Um, and it's not like this was like a charity pick. Like, oh, let's just draft. Like, he's a he's a good player. So I'm I'm happy about the pick. And that was a really cool, cool moment too. He's a good player, and he would be a nice. Now he's small. Like Deuce Vaughn yeah. is like five foot seven, um, and he's and he's got the great quicks. So I think it'll be a good pick. I, I think it's got a chance to be a real nice contributing player. And yes, having his dad there was great. I happen to have so the the hotel situation. Before I come to Cam, the hotel situation was so interesting in Kansas City, and that literally everybody connected to the draft was in the same hotel. And so one morning, I think I told you I had breakfast with C.J. Stroud's family. Just, you know, how, what it's like when you sit down in a hotel restaurant. These people are sitting directly next to me, so much so that we were essentially dining together. Um, and they were C.J. Stroud's family. So I got a chance to chat with, chat with them. That was lovely. And many of the other players and their families as well. But one person I sat next to actually on Friday morning was uh, a coach or someone connected to Kansas State. And he was asking me how I thought the Kansas State guys, well, no, wait a minute, it must have been the first day because uh, Felix and Yudike uh, Uzama went in round one. So it would have been Thursday morning that I had this conversation because he hadn't been drafted yet. And he was asking me where I thought that the K-State guys were going to go. And then Yudike Uzama, of course, winds up going. He's a Kansas City kid. He stayed at home. He winds up going with the last pick in the first round to the Chiefs, which was a great celebration and great fun. 
but he was asking me about Deuce Vaughn as well. So I sort of had Deuce Vaughn on the brain. I didn't realize that his father was a scout for the Cowboys. So that really was something else. Yeah, I mean, it was the video is just, is a great video with him, yeah. with him calling him, and then everyone's just emotional, McCarthy, Jerry, and all that stuff. But just the dad calling his son and saying, "You want to come to work with me next week?" That was it was just a cool thing. But like I said, it, it, you know, he Deuce is he's, he's going to be a good player. It wasn't like they're like, let's just use our last pick. I mean, it wasn't even the last pick, but let's just use a pick and just to help you out here. Like he's going to be a good player for him, and I'm happy about the pick. That's a hundred percent right. And then Cam, how about you? What was your number one storyline of the draft? I mean, it has to be the Eagles for me. We talked about it a little bit. Yesterday yesterday but also I'm very interested to see what happens with these obviously all the quarterbacks but kind of the ones like Levis we talked about yesterday Hooker where his career is going to go and then I think the fact that like this is not that big a deal but like Seattle didn't take a quarterback like they you know the Lions have golf but they they have an insurance policy like all these situations where like they have a quarterback in place but they kind of need a backup plan like the Seattle being one that didn't take a quarterback I think was interesting to me I, I agree look the bottom line of it is a lot of people didn't like these quarterbacks. I mean, the entire league passed on Levis and Hooker multiple times in most cases. So a lot of teams, look, the only thing worse than not having a quarterback is having a bad one. And so I get it. If you've got Geno Smith and you feel good, he played great last year. I understand what you're saying, but they're hitching their horse to that wagon and they'll say, all right, let's let, or that wagon. What do you hitch? A, whore, a wagon to a horse? Whatever you hitch to the other thing, they're doing that. And um, that's an expression I always get wrong. And 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 they're going forward, which, you know, which I like. And look, Jared Goff is only like, I think he's three years older than Hendon Hooker. Yeah. Hendon Hooker will be 26 in January. I think Jared Goff is 28. Correct. So, And he doesn't make that much money. Like by great quarterback standards, well, he isn't a great quarterback, but by like top level NFL standards, uh, quarterback standards, he makes very little money. The Lions have a chance to be really good. That gambling thing was a ridiculously bad. I wasn't here to get into that because I was on my way to the draft. That Jamison Williams loss is just terrible for that team to be without him for six games because that was their big aggressive move a year ago. But one way or another, I think the Lions have a chance to be pretty good. All right, let me give you my top five NBA takes. Greenies takes. All right, here we go. Uh, my top five notes here as we work our way through these NBA playoffs uh, at an interesting moment here. A couple of series are underway. A couple more, or one more, starts tonight with the Lakers and the Warriors. Here are my top five takes. Number five. Uh, number five. The Celtics, I think, could be playing for their future. I really do. If this thing goes sideways, I do wonder if we will see if that will be the end of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I, I really do. I think it is worth considering. I think Jalen Brown sees himself in a little different light. He's got one year left on the deal. I think it'll be very interesting to see. If this thing just goes really sideways, really badly, then I wonder if they make a decision to make what would be a seismic trade this offseason. I don't think the coach is getting fired no matter what, even though he's coming under a lot of criticism, and I think rightfully so. But I think the Celtics could be playing for the future of these two superstars, which is remarkable considering they were in Game 6 of the NBA Finals as recently as a year ago. If they get knocked out here, particularly if Embiid isn't able to come back, I think that could be the beginning of something different in Boston. Number four. Number four is that Chris Paul, unfortunately, just always gets hurt. You could just count on it every single year, and it's such a shame. He's such a great player. And I know there's a level of frustration with it, 
I mean, it's not his fault. He's not trying to get hurt. He's just, a for whatever reason, he is a player who is prone to injury as the season goes on, and he has just almost never been right at the finish line, and that has gone a long way towards being the reason why he's going to wind up being one of the greatest players ever, never to win a championship, which is what I think his legacy feels like it's going to be right now, because this team will come back next year with Durant and Booker, but I'm not sure it'll come back with CP3. So I, I think this was it. Two years ago, we thought was their last best chance that year against Milwaukee, and they blew a 2 nothing lead. And now I think it goes the, by the wayside. I don't think they have almost any chance of coming back and beating Denver four out of five. And I think that could be it for Chris Paul's championship window. Number three. Uh, number three, are we load managing Embiid and Butler now? I mean, look, in a league where we just load manage, I think teams are going to look at their situations. They're going to say they could play. If we needed them, they could play, but we've already got our split, and we're just going to go on with our business here. Let's let Jimmy rest. Let's let Joel rest. And I can't criticize them for it because it's probably what I would do, too. The problem with load management, I've said it forever, is it works. These guys are not too hurt to play. Uh, Maybe they are. Maybe Embiid actually is too hurt to play. And look, maybe Butler doesn't come back at all. The way he looked at the end of that game was ridiculous. But it is just fascinating to me, the idea that these are guys, if indeed they are healthy enough to play, but don't. Because teams figure this is a house money game anyway. It's just another great example or big example of just how different the mentality has become. Number two. You know, Bubba, I hate to say it, but when Hembo came in here with his reseeding idea last week, if they were to reseed the Western Conference playoffs right now, Warriors-Lakers could be the conference final. We're getting the series everybody wants. We're getting the series that is going to reset all the ratings records. The numbers for Steph versus LeBron are going to be insane. Right. And they are 6-7. and So if they were to reseed right now, you'd be getting Denver and the Lakers, Phoenix, and Golden State. So would that be better or would you or would that be worse? Would you rather have the chance of LeBron Steph being the conference final, but also better than a 50-50 chance you don't get to see it at all? Which way is better? I think I still think the way right now is better because all the series are pretty much great. I think if you look even look at the Eastern Conference, literally both matchups are classic rivalries and if you reseeded, they would not be. And then you look at the West, yeah, you have the Lakers. So I think the way it's set up right now is not helping Hembo's argument at all. Okay, yeah. So if you were to have reseeded, right now we would have Boston, Miami, Knicks, Sixers, um, Lakers, Nuggets, and Suns, Warriors. Yeah, You're right. That's not better. And all those are what fine. What we have is what, better. What we have right now is probably, I mean, we literally have classic rivalries and what we want. You're correct. Hembo's an idiot. Sorry, Hembo. Hembo is an idiot. I agree. You're 100% right. But that brings us to... Number one. And I'm going to hold number one for a moment. I'm going to hold it because I'm going to take a short break and I'll come back. I want to spend a little more time on it. I will tell you what the number one note is of the entire NBA postseason, plus not one but two statistics that will blow your mind. Those are coming up next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. So I got two fascinating numbers for you here, Bubs that I find interesting myself. And the first of them comes from the Warriors. I was just doing my top five notes um, sort of at this particular juncture in the NBA playoffs and running through them again at number five. The Celtics could be playing for their future. Number four, Chris Paul, just such a shame, but he just always gets hurt in the playoffs. Three, would Embiid and Butler play if they needed their wins and will they otherwise? Two, Reseeding would actually have ruined this round of the playoffs. And then number one, this Warriors dynasty, I think might get a little bit of short shrift. But at a time in the NBA where we never keep teams together, where stars jump from place to place, and the KD factor in all of this does make it a little bit complicated. But the Warriors are sort of a throwback dynasty which is to say their three big main components plus the coach have not changed. It's been Steph, it's been Clay, it's been Dre, and it's been Steve Kerr going back to the beginning. And that is a throwback. That is a throwback to the Lakers of Shaq and Kobe. But even they didn't stay together this long. They won three together. Then Shaq had to go. Michael, Scotty, Phil, that's it. They were the only pieces that were on the two different three-peats. Obviously, that was six titles. The Warriors are looking for their fifth in this span. You got to go back, I think, to Magic and Larry and their teams in the 80s when the sport was completely different from what it is now to see a group this large stay together this long. And I give them a lot of credit for it. And I'll give an example here of a stat that was sent to me today. Do you know, Bubba, the last time the Clippers lost a Western Conference series? Now, I understand the Warriors. that. What did I say? The Clippers. I said the Clippers. Sorry. The last time the Warriors lost 
a Western Conference series. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm reading ahead in my note here because it was against the Clippers. Right. But the point of it is, this is a, it's not a perfect stat because there, there were seasons in there in which they missed the playoffs entirely. Steph got hurt one year. They missed the playoffs entirely. Um, and, and then they, they got bounced in the play-in. Right. But for whatever it's worth, and they lost in the, in the finals one year to Toronto when KD got hurt. But for what it's worth, the last time they lost a Western Conference playoff series was against the Clippers in May of 2014. Can I tell you how long ago that was? In May of 2014, their coach was Mark Jackson. Steve Kerr was a, 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 an analyst on TV. Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic hadn't been drafted yet. Aaron Donald hadn't played a game in the NFL, and Patrick Mahomes hadn't played a game in college. <laughs> That's how long it's been since the Warriors wow. lost a Western Conference playoff series. So maybe to some degree, and I don't know how to factor in the KD of it all, but to some degree I wonder if we undersell what this dynasty has been, Bubba. Well, t- two more to add to that Um me, May of 2014, I was working with you on Mike and Mike. Mm-hmm. So that's not as crazy. I just talked to our friend Cam. I was asking him, what were you doing May of 2014? He was a junior in high school. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so fact- You were a junior in high school the last <laughs> time that the Warriors lost a Western Conference playoff series. That's correct. You know, the Jonas Brothers were on ABC the other I know, night, and were- I was once again reminded, now, especially you, you got your hair cut short, and you, you shaved that ridiculous mustache that you had. That was a while ago. You you look so much like Joe Jonas, it's bordering on ridiculous. <laughs> I'll take it. Right? I mean, you hear that a lot. If right? they just swapped him I up on the set. I hear that a lot because you tell me every time I come on You camera. think anyone would have noticed if they just put him on set? And just, you know, well, the singing would have been worse. Joe Jonas was at the Garden the other day, too. He was at the draft the other night. The whole Jonas Brother group was at the draft. They actually booted McShay. Yeah, when I was he watching met, that. That was great. Yeah. They, they needed the seat. That's literally what happened. There weren't enough seats on ABC for all three of them. They had Kevin. They had Joe. They had Nick. They didn't have Frank the Tank, the bonus Jonas, the younger of the Jonas Brothers, who's not a member of the band. But they had those three. And so they booted McShay. So he came over to our set for a handful of picks on Thursday night. But anyway, the point remains, you are ridiculously young and the Warriors have been ridiculously good for a ridiculously long time. Like I am one who is somewhat hesitant to put this dynasty in into the same discussion with some of those that I just named. But if we're living in a world where all of a sudden they do wind up winning a fifth championship together and they're a long way from doing that, they're 12 wins away. But if they do it, I mean, Bubba, we're going to have to have that conversation. Where does this group so. rank with the greatest the greatest dynasties that the sport has ever seen? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I – don't, I don't even know if we have to – I think we have to have a, start having the conversation now. I mean, I, I don't think we have to wait anymore. I think when these stats kind of illustrate already. I mean, 24 – that's ridiculous. That's that's so – 2014, and that's, that's so long ago. It's I, I think the conversation needs to start having. What, what they're doing, especially in this day and age, when it, it's so different with free agency, all these different things, the, the dynasties were – such it's such easier to have a dynasty in the old day of sports. Now, the fact you can have this type of dynasty in this day and age with free agency and – and the way it's set up, it's it's unbelievable. Well, the evidence of that is the fact that their primary rival, who they start facing tonight, LeBron James, has four championships with three different teams. Right. 
And these guys instead have stayed completely together. The entire nucleus of this group has not changed. Uh, I really shouldn't say that. See, that's the complicated part, because for a little while it had Kevin Durant. And that's what throws the whole thing off. Like, I have a hard time putting this group into the conversation with the Showtime Lakers, with the Bird Celtics, with Michael's Bulls, even with Shaq. Well, Shaq and Kobe. See, Kobe won five, but Shaq only won three of them. Uh, only. It, it's very hard for me to, to quantify how to put this group in there because half of their championships came with Durant, and that was such an outlier in the circumstance. Well, anyway, one way or another, that was one of two stats we got that kind of blew my mind. Another one I think a lot of people already know because it was on Pro Football Talk's website, but it got sent to me, and it kind of blew my mind. I assume you know what I'm talking about, Bubba, when I ask the following question, but I'll just throw it open to anyone in this room or anyone right now, wherever you're listening to me from, that may not know the answer to this. With Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay to go to the New York Jets, do you know which quarterback is now the longest tenured with any team in the NFL? I'm looking over at Brandon. Do you know? You know because you already saw it or would you have otherwise guessed it? You already saw it. See, other people, Joe Jonas over there in Bristol, have you already seen, you already know what this stat is, Yes, I do, I do. See, it it ruins the fun because this was out there all over the place. But I, I, I made a note to myself that I wanted to mention it, that the quarterback who has been with his team the longest of any in the National Football League right now is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Seven years ago, I'll read this. This was from Pro Football Talk. Seven years ago, the Cowboys took Dak in the 2016 draft. He became their starter immediately because of injury. And seven years later, he's the only remaining quarterback in the NFL who's been with his team that long. Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay and Derek Carr leaving the Raiders leaves Dak alone in those seven years. If you think back to that, as we're sitting here sort of throwing things into the Wayback Machine... The year that he started being the quarterback in Dallas, Colin Kaepernick was the starter for the Niners. Sam Bradford was the starter for the Vikings. Carson Palmer was the starter for the Cardinals. And Carson Wentz and Jared Goff were rookies in Philadelphia and L.A. That feels like an eternity ago. And yet, in reality, it's the blink of an eye. Perspective on time has become a really weird thing. I don't know if it's covid I don't know if that sort of threw everything off those two years, just everything seemed to move both at a snail's pace and in the blink of an eye at the same time. But one way or another, I don't know if everyone else reacted to that the way I did, but the idea that Dak Prescott has been the quarterback of his team longer than anyone else in the NFL in a sport where usually those tenures go on forever, that really jumped out at me. All right, coming up, not, not, not one, but two different notes about one mercurial star. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! 
loved the playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Previously on Greeny. Chris Russo trying to say Diana's name. Now, I just heard the report from Chris a couple seconds ago from uh, Diane Ruccini. Uh, uh, how do you pronounce her last name? Who said Atlanta is not going to be in the mix for this? <laughs> <laughs> Diane Ruccini. Uh, <laughs> That's a dish, right? <laughs> you got both names wrong. Oh my God, that is, he got both her names wrong. It's not Diane, and it's definitely not Ruccini. <laughs> oh, he's so fabulous. That is so good. Should we start calling her Diane Ruccini now? <laughs> I think we have to. This is Greeny. Poor Diana, fellas. If you stop and think about it, you got Aaron Rodgers telling her to lose his, nu- her num- his number. You got Chris Russo calling her Ruccini. Something about that doesn't all sit right with me. What do you think of that, Bubba? I mean, it's just classic. It is classic. He's he's the greatest. It is incredibly funny. All right. Anyway, so I got two things, and they both come from one mercurial NBA star. The Warriors and Lakers are about to take center stage on the NBA scene or the entire sports scene frankly the nfl draft is behind us the world is going to start paying very close attention to the warriors and lakers now for the next week and a half two weeks let's hope it goes long and draymond green will be at the center of a lot of the attention because he always is he likes it that way and there's nothing wrong with that he's a person with a lot to say and he said two interesting things recently that i think are worth mentioning Now, his career has been compared to that of Dennis Rodman a few times, and I think rightfully so in the following way. Rodman was an unorthodox player who contributed massively, I mean enormously, critically, a critical role to championship teams without scoring. Dennis Rodman was an integral piece and could have been in any given game an integral piece of those Bulls teams winning championships, a piece without which they could never have done it, and he could have accomplished it without scoring a single point. And Draymond is sort of that too. So in that regard, if only in that regard, they are a little bit alike. And here's another. 
Everyone got to see this during the last dance. Remember the time that Dennis Rodman asked for a little time off during the season because he just wanted to go to Vegas and blow off some steam? So, Bubba, what is this about Draymond wanting to go to witness LeBron James' historic night when LeBron set the all-time scoring record? We all remember that night. It was a Tuesday in L.A., LeBron at home passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time scoring list. Draymond Green wanted to go be there, and Steve Kerr wouldn't let him. What details have we got on that? Yeah, so the, I believe the Warriors were on the road in, in Portland, and, and he asked Kerr if he can go and support his, his friend LeBron, someone he, you know, he really likes, and he wanted to go and just leave the team. And the team, the Warriors at that point were, I believe, 28 and 27. They were in, in the, the ninth seat at the time. And, yeah, he just wanted to kind of leave the Warriors for a little bit and just go to Los Angeles and, and, and see, the, and see the, uh, the, the, the mark happen. And Kerr was like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't think that's a good idea right now. And um, Draymond said, okay, he was fine with it. But I thought it was just kind of a little, little weird just to hear even kind of asking that. I don't know. It just seems like, I, I don't know, it just, seemed, it just seemed a little strange like for you to be in that position to ask – yeah, I'm just going to duck out for a little bit, check out, see what LeBron's doing, and I'll be back in a little bit. Not only that, it was a TNT game. I think he was going to do part of the broadcast. Right. That, that's exactly right. He, 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 he's, here's the quote. He told our Mark Spears, I was definitely going. It was a TNT game. I was doing the broadcast, and Steve said, I don't think that'll be great for our team. While you're flying out on the road, you're flying to L.A., guys see that. Guys see you on the TV calling the game. This is a big game for us against Portland. I said, all right, respect, no problem. I'll be there with my team. I flew to Portland. We got to get a win, and we're here. So it definitely was something I wanted to be present for. It was such a big moment in life and friendship. But there will be other big moments, and we'll create great memories. Now, it's all, look, the whole thing is just so unusual to me. I don't really know where to begin. Dennis Rodman was an extremely unusual, unorthodox person, and he just needed a vacation during the season. That was somewhat unprecedented. Draymond Green wanting to go to Los Angeles to watch LeBron James, who in theory is a rival, but let's even say they are the closest of friends, which to some degree they obviously are, to, to go there to witness him breaking a record while his own team is playing in another city, that would have been breaking new ground. Right, Bubba? I mean, that, that, that literally is something I'd have to look and see if it had ever happened before. I mean, it definitely caught me off guard. I, I, yeah, I, I don't remember it ever happening. That's why I was so shocked to hear it that – Someone like that. I mean, it, that's almost. It almost sounds like something like you know a rookie would do, or just someone who like doesn't get it. And you're like, that's that's what you're asking to do? No. Like, what are you talking about? But for a veteran to do that, it just seems really surprising. Like a veteran and a leader of the team to to even ask. You know, that just seems very strange coming from Draymond. Yeah. So that that was an interesting little storyline. And then there's another one, and I think I have the soundbite of it here. Yes, I do. So we all saw Draymond going and look. We've seen Draymond and LeBron go chest to chest, right? So if there's one thing about Draymond Green that we all know for sure, it is that he has all of these scrapes during these series. He's an emotional player. He is a trash talker extraordinaire. And then when it's done, he's the first one out there hugging and the shaking with the hands and everything else. We saw him go at it with DeMontis Sabonis in this previous round against Sacramento to the point that he stomped them and got suspended for a game. We all remember that. It feels like 20 years ago. It was actually two weeks ago. But apparently when the series was over on Sunday, 
and I did not notice this. I was watching, and I, 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 I forgot to pay attention to this, and I'm not sure how evident it was on the screen. But DeMontis Sabonis, I guess, left the court without shaking hands with his opponents, and in this case, without shaking hands with Draymond, and Draymond was down on that. Lost a lot of respect for Sabonis. You don't shake guys' hands after you lose. I don't respect that. I once left the court when we lost in Game 7 of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I went to my locker room, and I sat down, and I said, "Uh, this don't feel right. And I walked back out on the court, and I showed everybody love. You lost. Deal with it. Pay your respect. That was whack to me. That's whack. Like, but I wouldn't necessarily even say lost respect. Like, but I don't respect that. And that's whack. So, so that's Draymond's take on DeMontis Sabonis. And so I happen to look up now. So, so the way my morning is structured, I'm here in the building at the seaport in New York for a couple of hours before we come on TV for Get Up. And I, I, at one point in the morning, I'm always in the office getting things ready. And I've got KJM on the TV. And usually without the sound. So I usually can just sort of see a topic bar on the screen that tells me what they're talking about. And Bubba, at some point this morning, they were having a conversation as to whether or not the handshake is no longer necessary in sports. And for the longest time, sports were all about sportsmanship, hence the the actual word in the name. The National Hockey League, many people believe that one of the great traditions, we just saw another Game 7 last night, Rangers-Devils, when we saw the Bruins get eliminated in what has to be one of the most heartbreaking first-round losses in the history of sports. They line up and they shake hands, for better or for worse. That is a tradition that many people love. At the end of college basketball games, there tends to be a, a, a handshake line. We almost always see that. Football and pro basketball, generally, guys... It is, it's voluntary. You don't have to do it. But as a rule, they will sort of mingle out on the floor and they'll all dap up and they'll all shake hands and they'll show love and they'll hug and all the rest of that. And I guess with the guys, were you able to hear it, Bubba? Were the guys this morning questioning whether or not the time for that has come and gone? Um, I, I did not hear. I'm just trying to look back and see what, what they, if they have any. Because um... that was the topic bar up there. Well, let me ask you to you as a question. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel like the fact that Sabonis didn't shake hands? We know it was an emotional series, an emotional loss. It wasn't like a last second loss. I mean, right. they, they had many minutes to process the fact that they were going to lose. I did notice De'Aaron Fox out there with a lot of the Warriors. He had a particularly long moment with Draymond, I noticed. That was a big hug, and Draymond was clearly talking, you know, whispering things or whatever right in his ear. It certainly looked like encouragement. I think they all gained extraordinary respect for De'Aaron Fox in this series, as every basketball fan did, because he's just freaking awesome. Um, and And so to my point, I had not noticed that Sabonis was not out there. But what do you think? Does it diminish your view of a player if they don't stay out there and shake hands? Yeah, I, I still think you should you should be out there and shake hands. I mean, I don't know if you necessarily have to go you know through every single person and find every single person, but I think after you lose, you should still at least make yourself visible. I don't think you should just run to the locker room and just kind of hide just because you guys lost. You know, I mean, we we still talk to this day. You know, whatever it is, thirty. Plus years later, with you know when the Pistons did it, and they say they did it because the Celtics did it, and all these different things, and um, and yeah, I, I just think it just it just it's not a good look, and you know, and whether you lose respect for someone that might be taking it too far, or whatever. But 
I understand what Draymond's coming from. I think, you know, and Brady's done this before. You know, Brady will be the first person when they win. He goes and talks, he goes and hugs the quarterback. When he loses, we've seen him run right off the field, you know, and so I don't think that's a good look for him either. So I think if when you lose, you should be there and just say, hey, good game, good game, you know, and, you know, I think that's what the right thing to do. So I'm thinking of two other examples. Obviously, the Pistons walking off the floor before regulation had expired right. against the Bulls when the Bulls finally unseated them in 91. That, that's the most famous example. There's two others I can think of. There was a year in which LeBron's Cavs got knocked out by Boston. It was the Paul Pierce series. So I'm trying to remember what year that was, but Mike and I were doing the radio show together. So this would have been in the, you know, something in the neighborhood of 07, 08, something like that. And Paul Pierce had a huge game seven. Pierce and LeBron going back and forth, head to head. And the Celtics knocked out LeBron. And LeBron did not stay on the court to shake hands. And afterwards explained that the reason was because he's such a competitor. And I remember we had a long conversation on the show the following day about whether we were buying that as a reason. Like, does it make you any less of a competitor to go out there and shake hands? That was That's one conversation I remember. And because it was LeBron James, it got a lot of attention. Another example that would have gotten a lot less attention, but I was very attuned to it, what happened when I was working in Chicago. I covered very little hockey in my career there, but I did cover one playoff run that the Blackhawks made they beat Vancouver in the first round and then they played a series against the Red Wings that they lost in five but it was an epic series it felt like every game went to overtime or double overtime and the Blackhawks goalie at that time was Ed Belfour and he played out of his mind he was so good so valiant in defeat that he was the best player on the ice in that series regardless of the fact that his team lost in five and when, it, when they lost, when they lost in overtime and it ended, he skated right over, jumped over the boards, and ran into the locker room. And I remember long conversations on the, on the talk shows in Chicago about whether, because in hockey, everyone knows about the, about the handshake line, and that he just couldn't take it. And I remember defending him. My position was that guy played so hard, so well, and that is such an instantaneous loss. It's not like a 20-point NBA loss where, as I just said, they had 15 minutes real time to process the fact that it was over. That was you give up a goal and it's over. Your season ends in that instant, and he had played so hard and so well that I was much more able to understand him not being able to stay out there for the handshake. That 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 those are two examples of this that I can remember, Bubba. Have you got the year? What year was it that LeBron and and it was the Paul Pierce series? Do, do, do you see it on there? It would have been it would have been Celtics Cavs. I see I see a time where the Le- LeBron didn't shake hands with the the Magic in '09. I don't see. No, it wasn't that because that was that was that was the end. That was when he left. Right? Wasn't that his last game ever in Cleveland before he wound up leaving? Am I am I mixing? See, if this is going to be another example, yeah, because I'm, I'm trying of me to find... being one hundred percent certain of my memory on something and being wrong. I'm going to be get really frustrated. Getting older stinks. Looks like 08 he played the uh the Cavs played the Celtics in the second round right? and it went 7. And it went 7 and Paul Pierce played out of his mind and the Celtics beat the Cavs, right? Please tell me I'm not getting this no, wrong. No, you're correct. <laughs> right? That that was the year that the was that the, the Celtics go on and win the championship that year? They won in 08. I'm just not sure about the 
the not shaking hands part. They did win in 08, yes. All right. So what They played each other. They definitely won. I'm just not sure if he didn't shake but, his But hands. what you're telling me is that I'm confusing the LeBron no handshake game. Potentially. We're not sure. Yeah. So here's what's going to have to happen. Paul Pierce said 41 in that game. Okay. So I remember the game right. All those things are ha- correct, yes. But what may not have happened is that might not have been the LeBron no handshake game. You know something? And everybody listening to me who is about my age is going to be shaking their head as I say this. I was as positive that I was right about that as you could possibly be. I didn't need to look that up because I knew it, because I remembered it. And I'm now getting to an age where I'm misremembering things. And I think I speak for us all when I say that sucks. (laughs) So from now on, Bubba and Cam, we're going to have to look that stuff up because we can no longer trust my memory. One way or another, I'm kind of with Draymond particularly with the way that thing went, that series went, and how long that game was over before it was over. I would have liked to have seen Sabonis out there shaking hands. One way or another, hardly the end of the world. Enjoy the start of that series tonight. We'll be back in better than ever tomorrow talking basketball. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.